It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Hey, everybody. I want to welcome you to another episode of the Advisory Board fran- uh, podcast where we bring in experts on franchising, cut through the BS, and get you actionable ideas of how you can improve your franchise performance. And uh, and we only bring in experts like Madeline Zook. <laughs> Madeline, thanks for coming with us today uh, uh, on this journey. And I want to do some shameless plugging because if you don't know who Madeline is, you will soon, but you should. Um, and she shakes her head. She's like, oh, boy, here we go. So uh, Madeline is uh, a mom of three. Uh, in addition to that, she's the mom of like 50 territories as a franchisee with her with her husband. And uh, she's also now she's going to this is, you know, uh, breaking news, right? She's the CMO of premium service brands. She's even repping the brand today with her hoodie. And <laughs> <laughs> she's also a uh, she was a semi pro baller like these balls behind you to her left. You see are uh, her thousand point balls from uh, college and high school. So. Uh, she's a baller in marketing, guys. That's why I wanted her on here. So, Madeline, tell us a little bit more about yourself, and uh, and we'll we'll jump into some content. Yeah, sure. Well, thanks for having me, Dave. Um, uh, yeah. So, I uh, started out in franchising, fell into it after my basketball days um, over at Made Pro, where over the next decade or so, we built what is now known as Threshold Brands. Took it to a private equity acquisition with Riverside. During that time, I met my husband, who was a franchisee of Made Pro. We now are franchisees of Made Pro, Patio Patrol, Men in Kilts, and Closetivity, which are with Threshold and home-based franchise groups. So we have a very intimate knowledge of franchisee life. Um, After uh, the acquisition, I decided to try my hand at being a supplier, because why not? Um, So I worked very intimately on the digital marketing supplier side um, for the past three years and really got to know the franchising system outside looking in. Um, Now I'm an advisor or consultant to many franchise brands based on, you know, their marketing, some operations, uh, helping some suppliers when they want to know how to uh, uh, penetrate the franchise market. Um, I have a podcast as well called The Art of Franchise Marketing. And my whole thing, and I shared this offline, was, you know, I work in corporate franchising because it I've seen what it can do. It certainly, you know, franchising puts food on the table for my kids. And I've also been in situations with my brands where bad franchising has threatened to take that away. And so I work on the corporate side to as much as possible and transparently as possible, provide people the best advice, the best suppliers, um, the best roadmaps to help their franchisees. Um, because again, I know those little smiles that come on the back end. And um, so I'm very passionate about doing that and and building a, a network where brands talk to one another. When I was on the uh, Zor side, brands never talk to one another. And, you know, oftentimes my CEO would be like, oh, what's Molly May doing? What's Mary May doing? I'm like, I don't know, Mark, do you want me to just call him up and be like, hi, I'm your competitor. (laughs) Is this right? And then I'm realizing like, we should be able to do that. We should, and we can. Mm -hmm. And we're starting to do that because in my eyes, one, what Mary Thompson says at Neighborly is it is not a scarcity mindset. It's an abundance mindset. Um, Not only that, um, 
I don't ever feel like it's franchise versus franchise. We're all going to be successful because of the systems we have in place. It's us versus, if you will, the independents, and it's us versus consumer trends and how we navigate those to provide the best uh, options for our franchisees. Oh yeah, because it doesn't matter how good you are, and if you sold out every territory in your in your franchise concept, there's still enough to go around for five more franchise concepts in most cases, to, especially in like home cleaning. I mean, anyway, I work with a bunch of those right. brands. Like I can tell you, like, <laughs> they, they get saturated and don't have enough cleaners, and they're they're turning away business. So, uh, even even during downturns, they can get that busy if their marketing's good. So uh, yeah, I hear you. Uh, so guys, just let me reiterate something like the reason I wanted Madeline on is because she uh, gets it from the inside out and is passionate about doing it right. So I'm excited to jump in here, Madeline, just and and tell us a little bit about like landscape. Things are shifting kind of fast. We're in a, a quiet recession that nobody wants to talk about because it's an election year and and like uh, things are not easy. It's a lot of headwinds. But tell me, what are you seeing from your position inside and outside uh, as, a, as a marketing pro? Yeah, so I think that the the first thing, you know, what I've been very um, vocal about, and excuse me if I drop any swears or F-bombs, like I was like born, bred Boston, and now I'm in Philly. So basically, I'm passionate and ready to fight at all times. So if that comes across, blame the city I live in. Um, but I think what nobody's willing to say is that digital marketing agencies which is where the prime, the primarily where your spend should be, right? At least 80 to 90% are completely set up to fail. And the reason being is because expectations, spends, and communications are not aligned. I think that we very gradually went from being able to send out direct mailers and knowing exactly what a cost per new client would be. And we could just multiply that and send that out to very gradual over to a multi-brong approach in digital but then very quickly went from you know the digital multi-prong approach to this kind of unknown area where now not only that also doesn't necessarily work that can't also be attributed directly to ROI and and franchisees and franchisors instead of tackling it head on and really truly trying to find out why that is they are supplier hopping, thinking that it's a supplier problem. And it certainly is not. Of course, there's going to be suppliers that are better fit for certain businesses or ones that just outperform other ones. But the way I see it is that all of the legitimate supplier vendors, IFA preferred, you know, have, have franchising experience, they're all probably doing the same thing, right? Maybe little nuances here and there, yeah. but it really comes down to the people that are supporting you and communicating. And right now, because there is such a, like you said, this quiet recession, you now have franchisors trying to combat that for their franchisees and selling a dream where a new vendor will be able to solve that. And you've got vendors who are in the quiet recession trying to you know, hit their quotas and saying, oh, we're going to solve this for you. And then when you take out that franchisor, now it's supplier to Z who have just expectations that do not align. So I think what's happening right now is that spends are increased. You have to be in digital and you cannot expect a direct ROI from a certain channel because it takes, you know, double digit impressions to get the first kind of movement in terms of a consumer interacting with your brand. Um, if you're not going to want to do that on, you know, Facebook, TikTok, retargeting, then you're assuming that they're going to Google you or what you offer 15, 20 times. 
And if they're not going to do that, then you're assuming they're going right to your website or picking up the phone. Like it's just unrealistic expectations of how a consumer acts and how you think you should get business. And I'm also seeing this on the Fran Dev side is that everyone wants it easy right now. They say, <laughs> I want to spend a whole bunch of money and I'm fine with spending that money, but don't give me unqualified leads. Give mm -hmm. me only growing qualified leads. And not only that, I want a, a consumer that's going to be recurring and multi-unit and stay with me for years. And I'm like, congrats, you and every other business franchise or not wants that. So mm -hmm. essentially we have just upped the bar in terms of what we have to do to get leads, qualified leads, and of course clients or acquisitions. And I just don't think that franchisors have realized that yet in terms of a, a work standpoint. And I don't think digital vendors while they understand that they still have this kind of dreamlike notion that they can somehow overcome it with their wonderful company and that nobody can. So we're, I'm really trying to vocalize marrying the two concepts to be somewhere that's realistic. Cause if we're meeting realistic goals, then we can have conversations of, you know, where do we improve? Not do you suck or do you not? You know, it's, and right now everyone sucks apparently according to everyone. So uh, yeah, let's, let's fix that. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, I, I find what you said quite interesting that pretty much when you, when you scale back the marketing and the razzle dazzle, everybody kind of has to do digital marketing the same way. There's SEO best practice and there's PPC best practice and social best practice. And like there, there's no other there aren't other channels, really, like there's yeah. retargeting that some do better than others. I know one marketing group in franchising actually has a unique tech stack, like freaky, cool, unique. We'll talk about it offline later. It's actually pretty rad. But like. They've been using AI for like 11 years in their platform before anyone here even knew what it was. Now everyone's it, talking about it, but like, but like, and I, yeah, I think that there's those, those, those nuances, right. And that's, uh, that's what you need to pick for your brand and your size, but it's not a one size fits all. And there's one vendor that's doing it and there's one vendor that's not. Um, so yeah, the, I guess my next, uh, my next <laughs> challenge would be getting suppliers to talk to one another and not, not just play nice in the sand, but actually like, play together because Collaborate. That's, yeah. That's what we need. yeah. Well, yeah. It elevates, elevates the game, right? If, if uh, you know, and everyone wants to protect their competitive advantage, but I, I I'm with you. I think that a rising tide lifts all ships. So uh, <laughs> let's not talk about global warming or anything like that. And this concept, right. But like, <laughs> if we can actually improve the nature of service delivery across the board, if we collaborate. So um, yes. yeah. Well, so let's talk about Frandev. You'd mentioned Frandev. Uh, this is a big challenge for a lot of people right now. They're like, Hey, it's tougher to sell units. It used to be a, walk, a cake, a cakewalk, and we're seeing that it's slowing down. So we have to actually become more disciplined, have better processes, blah blah blah. Right? That's that's the conversation that's happening with smart franchisors right now. But what uh, have you found works in Frandev marketing? So Frandev is like my bread and butter. It is my my favorite child out of all three kids. Well, I guess four if you include them. Uh, and I'm very, very passionate about brand of probably because it's where I cut my teeth in franchising, but mm. also what I love about it is that as much as things change, they also don't change. And franchising is like the very quiet, very wealthy, but not good looking, you know, guy that's sitting at the end of the bar and everyone's, you know, over with the models and the professional ball players on the consumer side. Yeah. Um, but really it's that guy in the corner that's footing the bill for everyone. Um, and why I say that is because Frandev at scale is one hundredth, you know, of the size of what a consumer is. It, you know, it's a couple campaigns 
but the budget is immense. And Fran Dev fuels all of franchising. If you do not grow your franchise, mm-hmm. um, then in essence, your franchise is not going to grow. You know, you just become a multi-location system. It, it's it, Franchising is about that expanded location territory footprint. And I didn't phrase that right, but you guys get what I'm saying. Is that like, if you're not focused on that, then like, are you really a franchise? Mm-hmm. Um, so that said, what I have realized, and I was intimately in the like Frandev marketing manager seat when I first started and could see very closely, you know, having to scrapbook together all of these different solutions to find these candidates to meet goals and, you know, when I came to the supplier side and I was doing that for 10 years and eventually we were across 10 brands. And, and when I came to the supplier side, when I, the reason I created the podcast was like, look, and you know, I was with NetSertive at the time. And I said, I don't want to sell. I will not sell, but what I will do is educate. And I want to create a network of franchisors that talk about what they're doing and to one another, as I mentioned before, yeah. in doing that, we've had, you know, hundreds of brands on talking about their friend of best practices. And my goal being, is it truly something we have to scrapbook together for solutions or is there trends that we can see mm-hmm. that functionally work that we just need to start teaching on? And there have been, and it took me three years to really get there. And I think like the pinnacle being uh, McDonald's. McDonald's was on our podcast, the chief of franchising for the US. And he was talking to me about you know, their new Fran Dev practices, because through a couple new initiatives, they are going to offer new fran- uh, franchisees or new franchisees into their system. Um, and he was reiterating a lot of what other brands have to do and what we we are doing. And to consider a brand of that size with essentially no budget, right? Because it's just money is not an issue at that point. Um, yeah. I realized, okay, there really are some best practices. So I've put together a pretty long speech on it, which I gave at Let's Grow, but basically what it boils down to, and we can get into some specifics, whatever you want, Dave, um, or we can, you know, do another, whatever you need. But basically, um, you know, the question being is your location goal, you know, what is the formula for that? I've talked to probably every top CDO in franchising, and there is no true formula, which surprised me because it's all balancing on your culture and what that means is like does your staff have the capacity to take on all new owners or do you have to hire mm-hmm. are you validating well or do you need to focus on that before you can even attempt at spending money in friend of and also is your are your franchisees as a whole willing and open to bring on 50 100 20 new franchisees or are they going to say what the fuck dave like we don't even have the tech we need and you just brought in 50 new people who are also not going to have the tech so based on those kind of questions can you functionally open more than you opened last year does it need to be less does it need to be the same or can it be more um so really understanding why you want to open these and if it truly comes down to you know operational where you're not at the point where frandev is paying for its own marketing through the franchise fees and it's really operational lights on, then we need to talk about your your spend and your why and what you have to do to get there because you're not going to be able to do a lot of these methods that other people are doing. The yeah. next I would say most important is that we talked about the hierarchy of franchising. And I think right now a lot of brands are going to be able to relate to the fact that you can 
talk to your friend at a round table and they're like, oh, we only do PR. Or you talk to another one and they go, oh, we have an agency. Oh, we do it in house. Oh, we have brokers. Like, and you're like, what, is the what am I doing wrong? Like, I'm not selling this many, like what is happening? And so what I've realized is that there is a hierarchy where it will tell you what you have to spend. So at the very, very top, it is cult brands and then everyone else. So unless you are a McDonald's, a Dunks, someone, people are lining up at the door to be involved in that brand. Yeah. Where they really don't need to spend on Fran Dev, right? They've got a list out the door. Maybe mm -hmm. it's a little PR. Then there's everyone else. Then yeah. in everyone else, you go to the second level and it's the sexy brands and everyone else. Sexy yeah. brands are sexy for probably one to three years. They're getting most of their franchisees from customers, internal referrals, friends and family. And then there's about a 12 to 18 month uh, come to Jesus moment, mm -hmm. not to bring God into it, but here we are. Yeah. Um, where it's like, oh, that pipeline's running out. And what do I do? Because up until now, I've pretty much only done PR. So now it's, okay, now I'm starting to have to spend a little bit. And if you don't, and if you wait until that, you know, that sexiness runs out, then you're essentially behind the other side, which is everyone else that is spending in Frandev. And the, the simple fact is, whether you're big, whether you're small, unless you are a cult brand, which is essentially everyone wants to get to, right? That's the dream. But you only get there with mass locations, um, you know, and a great product and service. And uh, you're uh, not sexy. And essentially all sexy brands are fleeting. They eventually will be everyone else. You have to spend a good chunk of change in franchise development marketing. Mm -hmm. I'll drop some numbers here and then we can pause and you can kind of ask me some questions. You're doing but great. <laughs> given this speech so many times. Um, basically what I, I, I did too is through my podcast and, and friends. And I said, basically fill out this anonymous survey. I had over a hundred brands fill out a brand of benchmarking survey. So I could functionally see based on size budgets, you know, the breakdown of industry, and then altogether, where are we looking in terms of benchmarks for brand Because we have those for consumers and we don't for brand And what I found is that if you are a brand using consultants, and this does not include their onboarding or their retreat fees, essentially you're paying around $28,500 $28, for a new franchisee. Um, their commissions typically range starting at $30,000. So you essentially, you bring in a couple ones that maybe don't pay commission if it's through digital. So that's what's kind of dropping that there. If you're including onboarding fees and retreats, you're probably more around forty to 45000 Because again, these broker networks have 700 plus brands when you're in a broker network, you essentially are still advertising to just a different set of customers. They just happen to be brokers that get their own leads, right? Yeah. Um, so you still have to continue marketing there. If you are not using consultants, then the average for an already established brand is about $16,000. Mm -hmm. So, and I would say if you're an emerging brand, you're falling in that 25, 28.5 category because you don't have a very big um, brand keyword search volume yet, not a big digital footprint, all of those things. So 16,000. So now I'm telling brands, okay, well, you said you're telling me you want to open a hundred locations next year. You're not using consultants. I'm telling you the average is 16,000. Are you ready to spend 16,000 times a hundred? Cause mathematically that is what you have to spend. And they're going, hell no. Like I'm going to give you maybe 2000 a month, give me qualified leads. And it's like, there goes back to my first point of like, it might seem like a lot of money, but it's still not enough. 
So what I usually say is minimum needs to be around six to 7,000 mm -hmm. a month to make some sort of dent in franchise development. The reason being is because of search volume right now, we're looking at about, and not including lead portals, but it's about $300 a lead to get a fran dev lead, $1,200 to get a, a sales qualified lead. So knowing that the uh, average cost per acquisition is 16,000, if you only spend $7,000 total in a year, you're probably gonna get zero acquisitions, 20 to 30 leads, and you know maybe four to five qualified leads. So now if you're saying, I only wanna spend 2,000, well, you're lucky if you're gonna get one qualified lead out of that, okay? So yeah. now, now we're saying, sure, you certainly can flex money up and down, but again, you need to do the math on the 300, the 1200 and the 16,000 or the 28.5 um, to truly understand where your budget needs to land so that you're finding reasonable success. Yeah. There is, I think every franchise asks me if I spend this, how many leads am I gonna get? It's all variable. But what I can now functionally say with these benchmarks is this is what everyone is seeing. And if you're way off of this, then, you know, then it's kind of an optimization issue. But now you can at least try and create an expectation of lead flow because I think people are not realizing that even with the $7,000 minimum, we're talking four to five qualified leads. Like in the Fran Dev, we don't talk about hundreds or thousands. We talk about the tens of thousands. So mm -hmm. if you're saying four or five is not going to fill my cup, I need 20 to 30, then you better be willing to multiply that seven times whatever to get there and write that check. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Or, or be willing to do some experimental things and try to get lucky. I mean, I know some people that have done some interesting things and have worked really well, sure. but, it, but sure. I think you said something early on, if you don't mind me chiming in for a second yeah. about this, that that is critical. Like a lot of brands say, and, and I'm going to share, I won't share the brand names, but uh, I, we do a ton of work in FranDev, right? Like that's, that's our fastest growing segment. But uh, I have brands that are like, Hey, I want to sell units and, and I want to use your tools. I'm like, cool. And I need to understand what you're trying to do so I can make sure this is going to be a worthwhile effort. Cause I'm not going to give you a tool to create scale. If you got four leads coming in every month. Right. And I, I had a guy who had a bunch of leads, he's a, you know, it was a painting franchise. And those are hot. You can, they sell like hotcakes. Usually if they're set up right, have good item 19s and good validation, that that's the recipe for home service. If they're yeah. looking at unsexy brands, then, then they're willing to do the work and you just need to make sure you validate. But this guy's like, I haven't sold a franchise in three years. Instant red flag for me as a supplier. And I was like, all right, well, let's, let's dig into what you're doing. Then he showed me his tech stack. And I was like, oh boy, like 2000 called maybe 1999 and they want their tech back. So like, <laughs> You, no, you, they actually don't want it back. You can keep it. <laughs> I, I know it's so. It was so bad, and I was like, I, I, I'm gonna be the one to tell you this because I'm that guy. Like your tech stack is is got a, it's it's non-existent. Like I work with a, about ten painting franchises now. I'm like, I can tell you without sharing any trade secrets that everyone's better than you. And like mm -hmm. anyone who looks at you, they're gonna look at three to five brands. They're gonna see that gaping hole, and they're gonna run away screaming. That's why you haven't yeah. sold a franchise in three years. So like, there's also like, it, as good as your marketing is, if you're not looking under the hood and making mm -hmm. sure that these things, like your item 19 has got to be good, be, be thorough. Like make sure you, if people can get on vetted biz now and for $79, they can see a comparative analysis of benchmarking of your brand. Mm -hmm. uh, so everybody else like be clean on that item 19 and then make sure you don't have gaping holes in your, in your culture and your validation and your tech stack, like these basic things. Otherwise your marketing still, a waste and you won't close a deal.
Um, I mean, bad validations are going to kill a de- every single deal every single time. So, yeah. you know, it, the people don't really, they don't think that through. So, yeah. Yeah. So That's, follow um, rule like, number one of franchising, make sure your Z's are wildly successful and everything else works. Fran dev guys are like cheering now, like, cause they're, they, they know how important that is to their process. Yeah. They're like, finally, someone's Somebody. paying attention. <laughs> 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 nice. Well, Madeline, I, this, this is uh, not my show. It's yours today. So, I mean, we're talking about some basic benchmarks in marketing that you've just got to be willing to invest in because if you're going to be using digital marketing as the vehicle to generate leads for your franchise development team, this is how the game works. You know, mm-hmm. alternate rules to chess, like this is chess, not checkers. So what, um, what would you say are, are some of the things that, um, that franchise franchisors have to know about, about, the marketing spend in addition to their their other strategies they're trying to implement around Frandev. Like what are some of the other holes you see right now? Yeah. One is that you cannot deprioritize it. I always say deprioritize, but I don't even think that's a word. Is that a word? Unprioritized? I, think, no, I, think I don't know. I make up words on the spot. Anyways, yeah. it cannot come in second to your consumer purely based on scale and the neediness of franchisees. Um, yeah. Really need to focus it on par. And so usually I say, if you're using an agency, maybe use a, a different agency than you're using with consumer or make sure there's a different team on it. Otherwise, it's going to get lost in the sauce. And every quarter, you're going to say, where's my executive report? It's going to come up. It's either going to be flat or, you know, maybe a little bit growing. And they're going to ask you, you know, in business, growth is never enough. When was the last time you went to a company Christmas party? And they said, here's how much we grew this year. And that's enough. Good job, guys. It's always, we're going to do this next year, right? So the question is always going to be, well, how do we get this better? Um, and if you're not on top of that, if your agency is not on top of that, you're going to be uh, answering to a lot of, well, you know, that's just how it is. And it's not, you know, there's money that can be moved around every single day to make sure that it's it's being optimized at the, the right time, at the right place, um, you know, as fast and as efficiently as possible. Um, I would say that the second one is that every franchise uh, marketing supplier right now is saying, oh, I can do Frandev. That doesn't sound hard because (laughs) essentially it doesn't sound hard. It's consumer just at the national level with more money. So you would think as an easy win, of course I can take this in. There are so many nuances in Frandev, as you know, that do not work in consumer. Geo-targeting, completely opposite. Content rules, completely opposite. Like if you're landing for, you know, yes, the target marketing is different, but it, or target audience is different, but there is so many uh, levers that you have to pull to make sure that it's done correctly, that if your team does not have intimate experience in franchise development, you're not really going to see success because they're going to do what they should do for consumers. And um, it's not going to hit because they don't know any better. So oftentimes I ask, like when you're doing Frandev or they're asking for a Frandev, I say, um, one, I would like to talk to a different sales team or a different salesperson that is not intimately involved in my consumer. If you're mm-hmm. signing on with the same brand or agency, or if it's a new agency, has anybody in Frandev left you with the last six or 12 months? And if so, who? Because mm-hmm. you're going to find out anyways, they might as well tell you. Yeah. And the next question being is, do you have anyone who was a franchisor, uh, have, has done franchise dev or is a franchisee on your internal team? Yeah. And you don't have anyone on your team that has minimum 20 plus years experience, 40s even better, or has been a franchisee, has been a Zor, has worked in Frandev. They simply are not going to understand the pain points that 
you endeavor every single day because they just don't know what they don't know. And that's not their fault. But a lot of times I see things slip through the gaps because they don't realize that. Oh, hundred percent. And I, I have some, I mean, I've partnered with probably 15 other marketing groups in this industry and I, and some of them specifically say, I'm not going to do Fran Dev. Like we are excellent at local and they're smart enough to know I need to have a whole new team and a build out and a process around Fran Dev. And I'm not, I, I can't invest in that right now. I don't want to split my focus. Yeah. And, and there's some that are the opposite. Like, no, we crush Fran Dev and we do some consumer, but it's Fran Dev, Fran Dev, Fran Dev. And like, I think it's important. The ones that, uh, that are there to living and breathing in that world, they also see the meta trends mm -hmm. uh, and, and have learned the, the pitfalls already. So your spend isn't going toward their education uh, in, yep. a, in a new sector. And I want to say that again. So you got to get the right partner, as Madeline's saying, or else your marketing spend is going to educate your partner rather than generate leads. Fair? And I would say, I would say too, that like, there's so many times where agencies don't understand the nuances of Fran Dev budgeting. So I often, the reason why I have a lot of consulting clients on the Fran Dev side is because they're in this awkward in-between. Well, maybe we could functionally do it internal, but we don't know the strategy we should use or how much budget we should put. We can't go to an agency because they're charging an arm and a leg, not realizing like this sucker is not a 200 to $500,000 annual budget. Like what I have is now what Maddie and Dave are telling me is like the minimum paid. So where do, where does that extra money come from for the agency? And if I do go with the agency for the correct strategy, then now I'm I'm bumped all the way down to three, four K in, in spend, which you're saying is not a, a, a functional minimum. Mm -hmm. And my leads are going to suffer even less than that. So a lot of times I say like, look like project-based uh, retainer or something, because I understand that they they can't have the bulk of that money going to an agency or support team. They just need the correct strategy. They need to know who to run the digital with or the creative, and they need someone to look at it who uh, has Fran Dev eyeballs that can say, this is correct or this is not. And you know what I found recently is um, as much as I am team everyone in Switzerland, I also have no problem saying you should use them. You should use them. Uh, don't use them. And franchisors are, they like that because so many times it's, there's so many options now. Everyone thinks franchising is, you know, a big money pit where they can come in and make a shit ton. Um, and it's, it's hard to know who to use and who to not when the only other option of vetting is calling up your competitor who in essence, probably as much as we want to foster that that network of community, doesn't really want you on the same marketing agency. That's just oh. like doesn't make sense. So yeah. you know, trying to trying to trying to play it cool, but really, you know, franchisees and, and franchisors are are, you know, they've got my heart. So yeah. Well, and I appreciate where you're coming from as you share this, this, uh, this, these great insights and nuggets. I mean, we probably should do another one where we where we yeah. dive into some of the, the details together. Uh, yeah. I, th I think those are the most actionable, but let, let me, let me give you a, a hypothetical and then let's, uh, we can wrap with a couple of your insights. If sure. I'm a, an emerging brand and I do not have budget, right. To do friend of, uh, mm -hmm. I mean, how, let's say I've got like, I can afford $3,000 a month and that's mm -hmm. it. Or that, I mean, as if we look at those metrics, doing it the standard kind of digital marketing way, that's going to get me nothing. Maybe, maybe a franchisee a year or something like that. Right. If, if I'm lucky. Uh, maybe two, you know, if I, if I hit the right vein, 
what what do you recommend for somebody who's just small or who is who doesn't have any budget set aside for Frandev today? One, I would say uh, you do not have to give away equity to grow. I think a lot of franchisors are going to small private equity, FSOs, because they think that I don't have a budget. I need to borrow budget. And now I'm giving away a piece of my business mm -hmm. or I'm going in the hole for these crazy retainers or similar with consultants. Like that's the only way I can grow because the digital doesn't work. And that's, that's not the truth. I mean, yes, that is a fast track way to do it. Um, but I think this goes back to what I said earlier of if you have $3,000, we know a portion of that has to go to your specific keywords, like your branded keywords, right? That's not going to be very much money because there's probably not very much search volume. Yeah. And then we're pouring the rest into high performing, um, how do I want to say this? Lead portals. And what I mean by that is like, yes, I know it's a lot of noise. If you get in the right ones though, there's a reason they're still popular. One, because they increase organic traffic two, because they're inexpensive and three, because you can still close them. You mm -hmm. have to hammer the phones. You have to make sure you're calling these people back three, four five times like get them on the phone because, you know, they probably expect a brand to call once, maybe twice. And then, you know, maybe they were interested, but they came out as a dead lead because they weren't picking up their phones and other brands are just, they just don't have very much confidence or time to spend on people that aren't going to pick up the phone until the fifth ring fair. But if you're a brand that doesn't have very much money, you can't afford to lose a potential candidate there. So you have to be willing to hustle, to grind in the leads that you can afford. You have to hold the portals accountable for the leads that are not qualified, don't speak English, under 18, so that you're getting the absolute most you can out of them. Um, and, and, you know, you're going to work your referral networks. You're going to get out and you're going to go to, I don't want to say trade shows, but, you know, BNI, sell your as much as you can sell your concept for free, you need to do that. And mm -hmm. I think a lot of times now brands don't want to do that. They think I shouldn't have to do that. These numbers are too expensive. Maddie's not right. And if I don't do it, then brand's not going to grow. No, that there still is a piece of success that you can find with cheap leads and good old fashioned hard work. Mm -hmm. And obviously as you scale, you're able to get out of that. It's the same thing with our, my personal franchises. We have managers in place, but there was a lot of times that my husband had to go and clean a house because we didn't have cleaners. You know, mm -hmm. now we're at a place where that is not something that we have time to do or would jump back into. And that's kind of where the bigger brands are when it comes to, you know, you know, maybe lead portals or giving away a piece of equity for Fran Dev. Like they're like, no, I don't, I don't need to do that now. And the truth of the matter is, is that like, if you think about a, your ideal franchisee and you sit here and you say you have a franchisee, say you're in a maid cleaning business, one of your maids called out or your pros called out, you have two houses to clean. Is the franchisee going to sit there and say, I'm not doing that. I don't want to do that. Is that your ideal franchisee? <laughs> probably not because they're not doing whatever it takes to grow. So now you have to turn that spotlight on yourself and say, um, yeah, essentially we, you want to have someone else do it and you're setting that, setting yourself up for that. But if you can't afford it, or if you're not in a place for it, if, if a candidate, you know, you have a candidate's phone number, are you going to sit there and say, well, I don't want to call that again. I shouldn't have to do that. Are you an ideal franchisor? Do you deserve to be big? Probably not. Mm -hmm. Um, so it's really, you know, kind of looking in the mirror and yeah, ideally everyone wants low cost qualified leads growing every month um, and closing quickly. And that is just not something that's easy. It's something everyone wants. And I can say with full confidence, there is 100%
no silver bullet in franchise development marketing. Your mm -hmm. silver bullet is your people, your culture, and your, you know, quite frankly, your work ethic. <laughs> no, you're darn right. Uh, and, and also your strategy. I mean, you have to, oh, every, yeah, sure, every, sure. every industry, I mean, let's not undersell is the things that you do also, right? Because <laughs> I know people that have, that have gone into a friend dev and they're like, well, I'm just doing, I, I, I'm doing exactly what I did over here, over there. And this is an interesting yeah. flaw that I see. And I'll just highlight it as we wrap up. Yeah. If, you, if you're hiring someone in Frandev who's only done restaurants and your home service brand or vice versa, right? Uh, expect them to, to fail. Expect them to struggle if they just come in and try to bring the playbook over because restaurant selling, like if you're trying to do a high, high investment, I mean, the, the thing that won't work is like portals, right? Like that's not a good channel, but if you're doing like the, the unsexy brands, like home services, personal services, lower investment under 120 K you can crush the portals. And I know people that do personally, like I've got anonymized data that shows that's true. So believe what Maddie's saying, Madeline, sorry. You no, you're good. Oh, good. Uh, honestly, it's like 50 50 on what I decide to write in my email sign offs. Usually, Madeline is like when I'm in trouble, like dad calling me, like Madeline Zook, get down here. I'm like, fuck. So, yeah. Maddie's fine too. <laughs> yeah. with, if you, anyone calls me David, I'm like, is my mom here? Yeah. What did You're I like, do? Yeah. Shit, full name, not good. <laughs> <laughs> no, exactly. So, uh, Madeline, anything else you'd want to wrap up with as far as insights of like, let's get started? Here's something tactical you can do today. Yeah, I think the, 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 mo the, most tactical time consuming but beneficial thing you can do is build your budget backwards and you can start today if you can say how many acquisitions do i have already or how many am i uh, do i want look back at the 2023 and say based on how many i i opened or let's say fa signed franchise agreement signed mm -hmm. how many qualified leads did i need to get that mm -hmm. how many leads total did i need to get that many qualified leads how many clicks did I need to get that many leads? Then you can divide it out and say, okay, so for every click, for every uh, acquisition, I need 20 qualified leads. For every 20 qualified leads, I need 3,000 leads. And for every 3,000 leads, I need 60,000 clicks. Then you can say, oh, what's your, your, not only your cost per acquisition, but your cost per qualified lead, your cost per lead, your cost per click. If you want to delineate it more, that's not the right word, but you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, you can say cost per impression, and then you can really hold each part of your budget accountable. If it's impressions, if you're not getting enough impressions, it means you're not putting enough money behind it. Frandev is pay to play. End of story. If it's impressions to clicks, it's a creative problem. People don't like what they're seeing. If it's clicks to uh, uh, con uh, leads, it's a conversion problem. Go back to your landing pages and check them out. If it's leads to qualified leads, it's a placement problem. Where are you advertising? And if it's qualified leads to acquisitions, it's a sales or sales nurturing problem. If it's acquisitions to opening, it's an onboarding and operational or potentially cap uh, uh, funding problem. So then you can peel it apart and say, where are we falling off? Where are we not getting enough volume? Um, and then focus your efforts there instead of focusing your efforts on my vendor doesn't work. I don't have enough budget or we're doing the best. It just, you don't, you don't have something that someone wants. Mm -hmm which is a viable option as well. Uh, as <laughs> uh, hey guys, uh, thanks for tuning in. Uh, if you, if they want to get in touch with you, it's the best way to just kind of find you on LinkedIn or how should people engage with you if they would like to engage? Yeah. So the best way is LinkedIn, but we all know that the, that is like fleeting in terms of messaging. So you can text me at 207-266-2536. Uh, like I said, I've got three kids, four brands, 
Um, texting is the easiest way to get uh, involved. And, you know, we just launched a new company called francareers.com. We're placing franchise executives. Um, <laughs> we've placed probably six in the last couple of months or no, excuse me, a couple, couple of weeks. Um, basically it's, it's what we want is to keep the great people in franchising and franchising. Um, and we'll just kind of keep it like the NFL and we'll just start swapping jerseys. <laughs> oh, seriously though. So when I see someone who's really talented exit, I always feel a little bit sad about that. I'm like, Oh, uh, me too. Or oh, when they do leave, you're like, you're like, Oh, you left the nest. What's wrong with you? You're like, uh, like they better be paying you. They better be paying you real well. Yeah. Over. Yeah. That's what I always think. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So yeah. definitely check that out as well. We've, uh, it's fun to go to conferences and see people in their new roles. And, um, yeah, I'm, Every, as you are, everything in my ecosystem is franchising. So anything I can do to help anyone, I'm, I'm always happy to do so. Yeah, well, you rock. Thanks for uh, being uh, our franchising, our, our franchise marketing baller. I think I'm going to rebrand you now as that. So uh, Maddie, you, you seriously are awesome. Thanks for all the great advice. No problem. And yeah, let's let's do this again soon, Dave. That was great. Thanks. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.